It's always soccer in Philadelphia. Kevin Kincaid, Dave Zeitlin, Baxter the dog. I've instructed Baxter that if Dave gets out of line in this <laughs> podcast, that he's to get up, get up there and put throat. his both of his paws on Dave's throat. I shouldn't say this, but I, but I, Kevin's hand is on my throat right now as we're doing this podcast. Yeah, it's pretty I've, awkward. Uh, yeah, and I'm basically <laughs> instructing him to make sure it's a good. Have you podcast. ever grabbed anyone by the throat playing soccer before, or like uh, in the middle? On, that seems like a bold move by uh, I've, our guy in KC there last night. Yeah, I've done it. Uh, I've done it in the past, but I don't. I don't think it was. Uh, oh, have you? Oh. I was very mad. There we go. I got the scoop. But it was not soccer related. It I will tell my listeners I've never grabbed anyone by the throat. Yeah. So. Well, now you know. <laughs> now you know, and that's the kind of uh, inside information that you get on the "It's Always Soccer in yeah. Philadelphia" podcast. And uh, we're talking about hands to the throat, which will be a retro, probably the easiest retroactive. <laughs> Fine, Suspension? Yeah, get. you think? I, mean, I would think so, It's yeah. pretty obvious. Yeah. I mean, I guess we should tell, I'm just well aware of talking about it, in our last night's game, it was after the uh, PK call, which was a pretty good call, right? Um, I, th- I think I everybody thought, thought it was And a for penalty. some reason, yeah. uh, Eli Sanchez, yeah. did I say his name? Yeah, yeah, Ilya. Yeah, yeah. Ilya, he just grabbed Gooch by the throat, um, which seemed weird. And then Gooch didn't even respond, really. It's just kind of like, what is happening right now? And like, yeah, I wonder is... if, he was trying to, if he was trying to just sort of... Uh... And keep it cool and uh, not retaliate, and in hopes that the ref saw it and would have, uh, yeah, made a call on it. Um, but or he just didn't notice. But right. I don't know. I don't know if anybody, if any of the listeners, if you remember uh, the fine that Nocherino, Antonio Nocherino, got right. a few weeks back for just like <laughs> put it, doing the Italian thing where you just put your hands on somebody's yeah. head to say, "Hey, I'm sorry." I can't, can't put your hands right. near the face. Yeah, so he got retroactively one. fined for being Italian. Also, but, as everyone was pointing out, why would you do that to a gooch who's six foot four? He yeah. got he got he got into a fight once yeah. with uh, Zlatan. Um, he had the stare down versus Mexico. He's like yeah. he's a pretty scary dude. So I don't know whether to uh, yeah for Ilya. I don't know whether to admire uh, what he <laughs> what he did or whether I should be. Uh, I think he, I think he got caught up in heat in the moment. But Benny Failhaber was being a crybaby too. I mean, you could have uh, you know yeah you, you could have given him a yellow card for just being a big uh, being a little you know. I thought that was kind of uh, petulant the way he responded, but they almost Kansas City. And might Harris also got get the a, card, right? It was Harris who who got a card after uh, that whole scrum. Yeah, so, so yeah, cause he was egg, he was egging on. Yeah. It was a weird situation. I think um, you you Casey will get Ilya might get a suspension and a retroage and a fine, of, of course. But I think they also might get a mass confrontation for yeah. surrounding the official too. I think Meduninin and. Uh, Anyewu was in there. He wasn't saying a ton, but I, they they could get both teams for. I, I don't know how many people you have to technically yeah. have around there for it to be yeah. mass confrontation. But but yeah, know. it was it, it was a um pretty good point that the union got last night. I mean, to go up against KC, obviously they were missing some guys, but to pull out that draw and to, and to get a PK, I mean. That's a pretty good way to go into the uh, Gold Cup break, right? Yeah, I don't, and I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Um, even I, I think the thing was that we we knew that Kansas City was going to be missing a ton of guys. I mean, no Zusi, no Beasler, no Dwyer, uh, no Espinoza, Gerso coming off the bench. Um, you know, and then the Union missing Ali Bedoya and Andre Blake, who you could say is the best player. But who um, needs Andre Blake when you got J Mac Daddy? <laughs> and a hell of a game he had. Yeah, a hell of a game. So, what do you think of him? 
three big saves. I mean, I've always said he's he's kind of the uh, perfect backup for this team. He's he's from Phillies. Seems to be well liked. I mean, he's not going to cause you any problems, and he can make. He's proven he can make big saves. He's pretty good on PKs, although in the shootout versus the uh, Red Bulls. He wasn't able to get any last week in the Open Cup. But, I mean, he, he knows how to make big saves, and he's, he's just, yeah. I think um, one of the things about John that I think might be unfair to him is that uh, I think a lot of people judge him relative to the guy who's in front of him. Right. And when you're backing up Andre Blake, I mean, of course, Andre Blake is going to make a lot of guys look pedestrian in comparison doesn't necessarily mean that John's a bad goalkeeper because he's not. Because he's made some big saves in the past and he's made some contributions to this team before. I think he's unfairly judged by a large majority of the media and the fan base just because he's not Andre Blake. Yeah, but a lot of people are not Andre Blake, you know? Yeah. But it doesn't mean that John's not a good backup goalkeeper in this league who can give you a couple starts here and there. Yeah, you know, I, I think people forget that, um, you know, in 2015 – People were asking me, you know, they were saying, do you think that was John's best performance last night? Uh, yeah, 1A and 1B with the 2015 uh, Open Cup quarterfinal that they played up at Red Bull. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah. where he had those penalty stops. And that led... And they were down a man. He, he had some big stops throughout that game. Yeah, that was a... yeah and that, that led to, like, what I, I think is probably the most... If you, someday when you look back at Jim Curtin's coaching career and his union tenure and you want to hone in on, on one thing... I mean, it's, it's up until now, I would say that it's his decision to sub out Andre Blake to make a goalkeeper switch in the for the penalties in the Open Cup final. That was a ballsy decision. <laughs> it was, and I I defended it at the I, time, and I still I thought it was a it. cool move. Yeah, I mean, he stuck by what he thought was right, and I mean, McCarthy is good on PKs, right? I didn't. Um, you know, there's some people who were saying like it was a bullshit move. Or you keep Andre Blake in, and I think in retrospect, knowing that Andre also is pretty good at saving penalties sure i can understand that um but at the time uh you know john had there there was evidence there that he was good in those situations you know because he got them there the only reason they were in that position first is because mccarthy's penalty saves in the quarterfinals you know and if they really had somebody else better to go to off the bench at that point for a field player then fine but it wasn't like they were oozing depth Right. At that point in the season or in that season in general. And so I, th- I didn't I didn't have a yeah. problem with it. I think I think just to wrap that all up, I think that John's a better goalkeeper than people give him credit for. He's not Andre Blake, but a lot but you know, most people aren't. Right. And I think McCarthy had played more in twenty fifteen at that point. If you remember the last time they were in K C was I think early in the twenty fifteen season and that was when Raiz made those two two terrible plays late. And then oh, God. Yeah, yeah. And, and it lost that game three two. And then two days later Curtin said that he was benched, and he was going to to uh, John McCarthy, I think, because Andre Blake at that time was still dealing Had with some injuries. injuries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he had like two two um, knee surgeries. So at that time, I think it was April two years ago. Um, it was Race's last game in KC. They brought in John McCarthy. I, I think McCarthy ended up playing like eleven regular season games that year, and he had some pretty good performances. Uh, yeah. Some some not so good ones, but uh, yeah, they counted on on him a lot uh, throughout twenty fifteen and. Uh, and Raiz Maboli, as we know, I never played another game for the yeah, Union. And Brian Silvestri, that loan was in there. Man. Oh, what, yeah. a night, what a nightmare all that was. Yeah, and then they had the trip to Vancouver where I think Raiz said that he would only go if he right. was starting. And, and Jim said, well, you're not starting, so are you, go, <laughs> are you going or not? 
So yeah, the that point is they're in a much better situation with Andre Blake as, as the number one and John McCarthy as the number two. It's, more a, than, it's a pretty good tandem. More than anything, more than just that substitute making that, that substitute in the U.S. Open Cup final. I think Jim's biggest mistake with the goalkeepers was not trusting Andre early enough because remember it was still late in 2015 that Andre didn't have the the starting job. Right. You know, he didn't start till yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I think it was a big deal when he said Andre's going to start the Open Cup final because that's fine. I think that was coming off that game in New England where he had like ten saves yeah. on the road or yeah. something like that. Um, anyway, so that was one wrinkle from last night's game, Thursday night's game. But uh, the other interesting one was that I thought was the penalty. Yeah. Um, you, that CJ. So they go down. It was a good down. call because uh, CJ got in the position in front of the in front of the defender, and it, it wasn't like a uh, big play by Benny, but but CJ kind of had the position where he had no choice but to take him down. So I thought it was a good call. What would yeah, you think? I don't. I don't. Um, the only thing that I would dispute, the only point out of all of. Um, Phil Haber had a quote post game where he was talking about he thought that CJ actually might have been offside coming back to receive the ball in that oh. sequence. I don't think we saw that angle on it, so there might have been something there, but it was such a tight play that I don't. But still, you can't. You... It was a great pass to get him there. It was, was Harris, yeah, right? yeah, it was a great pass, and um, you know he didn't he didn't get any ball. So what, what's he complaining about? You know yeah. he had him locked up. Uh, CJ had position on him, and it was a foul. You know yeah. it wasn't the worst foul in the world the hardest foul in the world no, Benny Fellheimer went a little too crazy to be honest <laughs> yeah he uh he, he always seems to go crazy versus the <laughs> I don't know if he's got something against the union because they passed on him because Peter Novak passed on him like seven years ago he did? or something yeah you remember that because remember, they, yeah. yeah and then they had the I game. asked Peter Novak in in a press conference about Benny Fellheimer when he did pass on him and that was when he said I called him like gay a big name because he had played in the World Cup, <laughs> yes. and then Peter Novak's like big name Benny Valhaver, <laughs> yeah, really? big name. And I was like, I, I guess so. I don't know. And then Benny went and got himself red carded in the first game that he played yeah. for New England. Against and the Union basically the... picked uh, Freddie Adu instead. So yeah, I think she did. She <laughs> skip out on him too. I can't remember. Yeah, well, nobody they, knew yeah, what the hell. In, yeah. Nobody knew what the hell they were doing at the time. But but I, I didn't. So then CJ uh, gives up the penalty to to Roland. Right. Well, yeah. Did I mean, you think he he he? <laughs> Roland said after the game that it was just like feeling, you know. And I mean, Roland grabbed the ball. I made this point on Twitter. I mean, CJ drew the penalty. He he's made he's three for three on PKs. He just made one last week. He's in KC where he spent the first four years of his career. He's one away from finally getting ten. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel know. like the stars were in alignment for CJ to take that PK. If not, it's hard to complain when you're a Union fan because Alberg is good on PKs. He's proven to be good. Yeah, and, and he made a good one against a very good goalie. But I mean, Alberg. Yeah, I, I don't. I think you got to give that to CJ. Alberg made the point that like it's been a hard time for him. He's on the bench. He mm-hmm. he needs a goal. CJ but, needs uh, a goal too. He hadn't scored in six um, a few days. <laughs> yeah, you know. So um, or, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, I so. so I think CJ should have taken it. But um, I understand. I mean, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where on the union, it's anyone who gets the ball gets to take it. There, there's no real like. There's no real pecking order, right? No, there's never been. Um, and I, I, you know, people were trying to read into it because CJ didn't go over and celebrate with Roland afterwards. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think CJ is that kind of guy or whatever. But uh, they, so this year they had Bedoya step up and take the first one. He missed in Toronto. CJ hit every single yeah, penalty he's, he's after, three, after that, he's right? Been three for three. Has all? I think Albrecht's maybe taken. Uh, yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. He took one in the Montreal yeah. game, right? So on the the times that Roland's been on the field, he's been taking them. But um, Jim has never 
had a had a policy nah. for that at all. Yeah. yeah, I dug up the quote. Actually, let me find it here. Alberg seems like pissed in a good way right now. It, if that kind of makes any sense, because he's been playing well ever since Jim just just put him on the bench, and you know he had that good game against Red Bull in the Open Cup. He came on and scored within a few seconds versus New England. Yeah, well, he, he should have it. Should... Oh, yeah. So he, he, yeah, he seems like he has a chip on his shoulder. And right I mean, now. Curtin said after um, after the New England win that that Roland was pissed off at him for not right. starting him after the game that he had in the Open Cup, which I didn't think was his best career performance i thought his best career performance was when he had the hat trick against chicago but this is the quote from uh from chris this is july 2016 this is what he said this there was a game against dc i think they beat dc three nothing i think chris pontius earned the first mm-hmm. penalty i think alberg or elsino took it or something like that okay so he said with the penalties again that's up to the players Curtin said uh, i will never be a coach that delegates before the game who the shooter is because Who's to say that if Elsino or Roland gets drilled on the play and then his, his leg is going <laughs> to fall off, uh, that he has to shoot? Uh, it's dangerous. So in terms of switching, as soon as they called the second one, I was like, oh, is Roland going to step up and take it? I would have been fine with it if he did. He's smart about the way he waits for the goalkeeper, so you can ask them what the discussion was, but they have a good way of communicating with each other even though the language is a little different. So Curtin's is just playing the, playing the situation. You know, he's not going to – and he's right to say that, like, you know, if they delegate Alejandro Bedoya the penalty taker, but it's the 89th minute and he's hobbling around on the field, obviously he's not going to take the penalty. Whose leg is going to fall off? You have to factor. <laughs> you have to always factor but in whose leg is going to fall. Uh, you know. Nah, yeah, it does make sense. He's, I mean, he's right. Just... The con- he's right. The context is important, but yeah. in this case with Roland or CJ, you could say that your starting striker Sapong, who could always use a goal. I mean, he's got the same claim to it as as Roland does. You I know? think um, Ray Gattis should have taken the <laughs> personally. <laughs> right, he needs a goal too. Yeah, he did. Oh, come on, he's, man, he's never scored. Right? Know, he's not, yeah, give him a goal. Um, <laughs> um, hey, whatever, man, it worked out for him. I, I would always, I, I always prefer that. Uh, unless you got a guy who's like lights out on your team, like Sebastian yeah. was for all these years. I'd just prefer he to have the it, person yeah. who earned it to, to take it, you know? Yeah. But now in the further game of context, when we're talking about CJ, when he eventually gets the 10 goals, inevitably gets the 10 goals. If he gets the 10 goals. Inevi- it's inevitable. No, yeah. he's yeah. going to get hurt tomorrow. I'll give you, Jinx. The, I'll give you the Jim Fossil guarantee. <laughs> this player is, gonna is get... scoring 10 goals this year. All right, CJ, don't it's get hurt. But the context is going to balance itself out because, again, CJ converted two penalties that he didn't earn. But he also gave up a penalty that he did earn. Right. So, I mean, those are the kind of small uh, bits of nuance that you forget as Baxter does a deep sigh and yeah. lays down on the ground. Yeah, there. Baxter's like, why are you still talking about the PK? The Union scored the goal. <laughs> Let's move on. All right, Baxter, well, fine. I feel like I feel like that game was just a, you know, it well, was just she, a slop fest. Yeah. I mean, the possession I mean, was like 64 to 36, and the, the Union had under 300 passing attempts. Didn't complete a lot of them. But I, I'm not surprised. No, that's always how. Should we talk about good. the the uh, back line? Because they've now two straight shutouts before that. Uh, pretty good performance. Only one goal. So only one goal in the last uh, in the last um, uh, three games. So the Gooch Elliott pairing is uh is looking quite d- good right now. Listen, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna broach the subject okay. on the It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia podcast episode number. Uh, 20. What is this is this 20, 24, I think twenty four. Jack Elliott. He's the rookie of the year. Rookie oh, sorry, did I spoiled for you. I'm asking you, man. I see. <laughs> Is he? I, if it would listen, if it wasn't for Julian Gressel, I think down in Atlanta right now, you yeah. could make a 
Is Gooch the comeback player of the year? (laughs) Can you be the comeback player if it's your first year in MLS? If you're 35, can you be comeback player? Does that apply like across league league Uh, lines or not? I I guess it does. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes, I think comeback player makes sense for him. He was out of soccer for two damn years. I mean, like, what else do you need? Right, theoretically, it shouldn't shouldn't matter if you played here or not. Right, Uh, yeah. Um, Um, Jack, I mean, considering where he was picked, it's such a strange partnership, isn't it? You have it's a rookie, so well. a seventy-seventh pick, yeah. paired with a thirty-five-year-old uh, off-world cup veteran. Recovery. Yeah. yeah, but um, no, yeah, Gooch, Gooch had some good stuff. You were in that scrum with Gooch after the New England game. Yeah, well, yeah, he said, actually wasn't, but I did. I'm um, oh, here as quotes. Uh, you wrote about it. Were you, were you seeking out about cr- it yeah, opposing teams? Uh, I was seeking <laughs> assistant coach. I was actually talking to, to Blake and Sapong about like Gold Cup stuff. But yeah, I saw okay. the quotes from Gooch, and I heard he got into it a little bit. Yeah, he, he you weren't a... looking. You weren't looking for like Pat Onstad <laughs> or like uh, Chris Armis. Nah, no, okay. no. That's for next game. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, he um Gooch Gooch just had a lot of interesting. Uh, he's he's you sense at the beginning of the year and on some of the quotes that he gave that he had a chip on his shoulder and then he was since, pissed off. About ever since the, the first conference call that we had with him after he was signed, people asked like, "Are you going to play much? You know, you're kind of old." And he's like, "Yo, I'm still a Gucci Onyewu." Yeah. What the hell do you want? Me I think like, yeah, he's old quote, and I'm done. Quote, "Yo, I'm still a Gucci Onyewu, man. <laughs> I know how to play." But yeah, he, he's basically had that attitude. At, at, since the beginning like he's like i'm a good player like you guys remember i was a star for for the uh, u.s national team i was in europe i mean he he thinks people kind of have overlooked him and i guess we have in some ways i mean we've talked in this podcast you've said you didn't expect him to play more than what 10 12 games and he's he's proven to be one of the best players in the team and he's not when he says every right to kind of show us up when he says that stuff he's not saying it from a position of uh pomposity you know he's not making shit up he's please played he in ba- cup finals he, yeah. he's he can back it up europe he's, he's, he's a big name he's played many games for the united states national unlike team. benny Fellhaber, he's a big name <laughs> <laughs> but he's not he's not i think some people were saying that they felt like gooch there had been some internal scuttlebutt uh among reporters some not philly based but outsiders who were kind of asking about gooch and saying yeah i think that he's a little there might be a little arrogance or something there. I haven't really seen that. He's a him. great no, nah, he's a great quote. He's a great quote, he's and a I think great he's quote. pretty honest about it. If people were telling you that you were done and you were washed yeah. up and you couldn't write ten thousand <laughs> words on on the palestra <laughs> you'd be pissed off I too, would wouldn't you? You I would could write ten thousand words on a palestra in my sleep. Right now. Yeah. You would be if somebody came after you and said you're done and you're cooked and that's it, I would hope that you would be pissed yeah. off. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um but he said after the game or I, I asked him directly. I said, I said, because I was kind of wondering who he was talking to specifically. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily talking to us because we haven't known him that long. We haven't written a ton about him. So I just asked him straight up. I'm like, who, who are the critics? The teams, yeah. Is it is it are the critics? Is it we the media? Is it the fans? Is it the teams well, yeah. that passed? Is it the teams that passed on you? When That's you what he said, right? He said it was, it was the a teams, com- the revs kind he, of passed on. Yeah. He said it was a combination. Okay. Yeah, because I ended the thing by saying, "Is it is it the fans? Is it the media? Is it the teams that passed on you? Is it a combination?" He said, "No, it's a combination. The revs were one of the teams that passed on me too. He trialed with New York City FC. He trialed with Rangers in Scotland. Um, but it's it's not like it's not like the stuff that we were saying was." without merit i mean he was a guy who hadn't played since 2015 yeah. and he did have and he did have injuries and the he Achilles, was old. yeah yeah <laughs> so when i went and looked it up and i i 
tried to figure out how many center backs his age were playing regular minutes in MLS. I can only find two of them last year. Yeah, I saw that. And that was Victor Bernardez and Jaimison Olave. And mm-hmm. Bernardez has held up pretty well over the years, but Olave was the same kind of player, just racked with injuries and made it to 36, I think. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, eventually, like, that stuff just catches up with you. I'm not, I'm not just saying, like, I only expect Gucci to start six to ten games, not because he's a bad player, but because once you, you know, history shows that when you become that age, as a soccer player, when you've logged as many minutes and as many games as he has, well, it's irony. Maybe he hasn't logged as, as much right, as everybody else. He didn't play the last two yeah. years. Maybe that helped him. Yeah, yeah but he's but, you know yeah. playing as a center back and banging with all the the attackers that he has over the course of his career. I mean, it's it's not like we were saying it from a point of like spite or that we thought he was washed up or done or something. There were legitimate reasons to yeah. question whether he had it or not. And his last two games are probably the two best of the season, maybe in some ways. I mean, I thought he's he's been great these last couple of games, and yeah. it's it's probably nice he's getting a break now for the uh, Gold Cup. And uh, yeah, it seems like uh, Gucci. And, and Jack Elliott, I think Matt had the stat. It was it was four goals before, and now it's probably five and over 800 minutes together. So, I mean, why break up that pairing? I mean, Jack Elliott could be out rookie of the year, and Gooch could be comeback player of the year. So, I mean, Josh Yarrow and Richie Marquez, we've talked about those guys both being supposedly young breakout stars from last year but i mean it's just it doesn't seem like they have a place they have and uh you know the counterpoint of that i think people are saying well of course you can improve your team by just packing it in and playing a you know focusing on defense and you know you're playing a system that's already based on that anyway so yeah it's gonna help their numbers when you have 10 people or you have nine people behind the ball all trying to defend at the same time but you are also inviting more pressure and more balls into the box and whatever so jack elliott's just i think the most impressive thing about him is just how calm he's been and how collected he's been and he's such a good passer of the ball you know he's like an axel schuberger just has better distribution skills and doesn't get flustered with anything i mean he doesn't that's the thing he doesn't play uh you know he doesn't have those mental i don't think i've seen one time this year where he yeah. had like a misplay of of the ball or any kind of anything that would point to me and said oh that was a rookie mistake you know yeah. the mistakes that he has made don't look like they look like mistakes that anybody would make. Not be, not anything of inexperience. It must be where he had, he had played in college. Oh the, yeah, a good in college Morgan, pedigree. Yeah, <laughs> the Morgantown murder side. Well, that's what you learn in two Morgantown. West Virginia players on the back line and a West Virginia uh, beat yeah. writer. Where uh, where greatness key to success where greatness is learned <laughs> and couches are burned. Is that their motto? Well, where greatness is learned is like the the official university thing yeah so and then you can but get the, the couches t-shirt. are burned is not no um, believe it or not that's something that we added it's not official no okay. it's not official we added to but yeah so that was a question about jack elliott that devolved mostly into a yeah a gucci on you take uh, twitter questions no i actually i actually oh, wrote okay. uh, some other stuff here i wanted okay. to go through um uh blah 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 blah, blah. is it time to start rolling alberg of real senior um i th- uh i think so yeah although you could make the case that he's he's uh He's like better off the bench. I mean, he's, he's a coming. Super yeah, he's a super. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the question, basically, that I'm sure people ask this too, but uh, the question I think is now that we're at the halfway point or just over the halfway point is how Matt Doyle, armchair analyst from MLSsoccer.com, put out a poll a couple of days ago. It was after the yeah. Revs win. Are saying, the union good? Are the union good? <laughs> and and he pointed. No. He pointed to how how they what the record was after the revs game which was something like seven three and 
two or whatever since May. I think it was some kind of parameters like that. And yeah, overwhelmingly the answer was no. So <laughs> why do good. you think? Why do you think people said overwhelmingly uh, said no? The, I mean, the union still don't get that much respect around the league, and their record overall is not great. And I guess you know if you look at it, they've won. They won two, and they tied one in their last three, but in all the cases, they didn't really play teams at at a full strength. They played KC without four of their top players. They played on New England without some top guys. They played on D.C. at home, and D.C. is terrible this year. So they haven't really beaten that many great teams recently, um, and they're still outside the playoff picture. So I, don't, I, I guess, yeah. The union never get too much respect from like outside of Philly, right? But I think anyway. more than yeah, I think more than anything is that we've been here before, and people yeah. have seen this before, and they know what the union are about. Is that they always clobber uh, a shitty team in the summer that's missing like four players, right? Yeah. Um, and then when everybody has all their players back and the cream rises to the top, and the teams with money make a good signing in the transfer window. Uh, then the union kind of level out, you know? I mean, the history shows that they don't perform well in August, September, and October, Yeah. no matter who the coach is. That's not just a Jim Curtin thing. And like you were saying about D.C., the union have six wins right now. The six wins are against D.C., D.C., <laughs> New England, New York, uh, New York Red Bull, yeah. Colorado, and Houston. Yeah. Uh, only one of those teams is curr- currently in playoff not position great. right now. I think in the combined table, New York might be in the top half, but they or they might not be. But they don't have the resume; just does not. Uh, you know, they the, don't. They don't have a. It's like if if this was they're like you know who they are. They're like um, they're like a twenty six and three St. Mary's team that doesn't have a signature win <laughs> on the in the mid-major. strength of schedule with okay. the shitty strength of schedule. You know what I mean? Now you're talking my language, college hoops. Yeah, West they're, like a, pen, hoops, they're like a pen team that, is, <laughs> um, <laughs> that lost yeah, to uh, UCLA earlier in the year. So, you know, um, I just yeah. don't. I just don't see. I don't. I don't. I mean, I want to be a believer, and I like a lot of the things that they're doing, but I still just don't think that there's a game changer. There's not a playmaker. There's not. You know, in the in that game like last night, I mean, you scrape by with a penalty in the second half, and admittedly they had a nice comeback and they responded well to the goal that they gave up, but. I mean, when you look at this team, it's a, it's eleven yeah. guys who are playing above themselves. I think you know. And, well, that's a know. good that's a good um, lead into our first question. Because the question from Mod Dupe is, are the you uh, um, contenders or pretenders? So uh, that's basically what we we're just talking about. So what do you say, contenders or pretenders? I don't think they're either one. <laughs> it has I, to I be one or the other. Not, is that no, the they're question? Not. They're, they're, they're I neither. Mean, they're, I mean, look, do we. You know, when Tannenwald was here, that was the title of the podcast, right? It was the Philadelphia Union, or who we thought they were. They're just an average team. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not. They're not they're shitty, but they're not great. The succeed, yeah. yeah, you know, that's right. my answer. Okay. Final answer, Regis. Should we keep going through questions? Or I uh, yeah, um, what did I have? Any, do I have anything else written down here? Schmetzer. A lot of oh yeah, I was I was tangling with. Uh, the dude from Seattle about the Brian Schmetzer thing. It wasn't my greatest take of all time on Twitter. I was just talking about how uh, Brian Schmetzer's leaving, uh, Seattle coach is leaving for Nashville to go take a U.S. Uh, soccer coaching course uh, on Saturday. I thought they were missing, or he was missing a regular season game, but it's actually a friendly. They're playing a friendly against Frankfurt, and so Gonzalo Pineda is going to coach that game. You know, it's not necessarily, it's kind of like a Jesse Marsh situation where he's just going to do something in the middle of the year. First of all, I think it's stupid that. Any coaching education or any kind of course that any guy would take as it happens in the middle of the season, 
I know you got the gold cup break, but still, yeah. I mean, let's save that shit for weird. the that's yeah. when that's when Curtin and Olsen and Heaps and all those guys did that kind of stuff. Um, the irony of it too, which is more of what I was, I wasn't really being totally serious. I was just saying, okay, the guy won MLS Cup last year, <laughs> so we're gonna go give him another coaching course. <laughs> He's fifty four years old. He's been coaching since the late '80s, and he was the coach of Seattle before Siggy before they came to MLS, and then Siggy yeah, Schmidt came yet. in. Then he took a backseat, became the assistant. My 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 thing more about the coaching license and the badges that I think they're a fraud. You know, uh, when Zinedine Zidane retired from playing, he you know, need a badge. do you, does he need a badge? <laughs> uh, come sure. on. And furthermore, if you're coaching Real Madrid, do you need to do a lot of coaching? Not to take away from what he did this year, because he made a lot of tough personnel decisions with them. This is Zidane, of course, not Schmetzer. Um, you know, like he started Isco, he sat Gareth Bale. Um, but I, I just I just find that there's a difference between a guy like a Jim Curtin, a Jay Heaps, a Ben Olsen, younger coaches who were kind of hired young and obviously had a lot of learning still to do about continuing their education. I'm never going to, you know, poo-poo the idea of like wanting to learn more and wanting to get better at what you do. But theoretically – in our top league, at our highest level in the United States, you shouldn't get the job if you're not ready for it in the first place. Yeah. You know, like what is our what is the culture of American soccer coaching if we're hiring people who need all this additional instruction <laughs> anyway? You know, is Brian Schmetzer going to go coach Barcelona one day? <laughs> Mate. You know, I mean, come on, it's just we have to do you have to do better in the in the ranks before that. So that this stuff isn't as necessary, isn't as important, or, yeah. or whatever. Like seriously, what is what is he? You know, as you know as well as I do too, that if we, if you and I, and this might be more specific to journalism, but if we go sit in some classroom and get our master's degree in journalism, I decided not to go to to um, journalism school. So, yeah. yeah, well, there, that's all I have to say about <laughs> there you go. our industry. There, and yeah. look how and you good turn, I am. You turned out all right. Just but it's just, I mean, it's <laughs> it, there's like diminishing returns on that kind of stuff because there's nothing that you're going to learn in a classroom that's going to be better than him being out yeah. on the field with Seattle every day and coaching MLS seasons and playing and, and, you know, watching Nicholas Lodero and talking to him. I mean, it's, it's, there's, I, I just find the whole thing kind of corny, but it, it doesn't speak to, you know, I'm not shitting on the idea of trying to learn more. I'm kind of making fun of the idea that yeah. where are we with coaching anyway, if we're going to make people get these badges and these license and fly to Nashville and fly <laughs> to Poland and do all this stuff when, you know, if our league is, is as strong as it is, you know, then these guys should be learning as they do their job, you know? I have no hot take on this other than to, to agree <sighs> yeah, that this stuff that... should be done in the in the off season. But I guess if you do have to miss a game, missing a, a meaningless friendly is probably probably not the worst thing. Do you know what Jim Jim would probably say? How you, how he could learn how to be a better coach? Buy him some better players, <laughs> you know? And a lot of big reason that Seattle won it last year under Schmetzer is because they went and bought Nicholas Lodero, and they had a nice run with a couple superstars. Yeah, and Jim gets uh, training coaching his uh, kids' um, little league team, too, so that's the extra. There you go. All the extra courses he needs. <laughs> that's right. Coaching the planet to uh, just, just dominating wins. That's right, yeah. So uh, more Twitter questions. Have the planets beat to... anybody? Do they have a marquee? I haven't, I haven't followed up. I, I got to do a feature on the planet. Is your what's your team? The centipedes. The centipedes. Yeah. Oh, okay. My kid got a trophy with his name on it, and he like barely did anything. Like he would leave the field to mm. like look for ants, and they still gave him a trophy with his name on it. How do you did feel you, about that? Did you? Are you horrified by that, Kevin? Uh, <laughs> well, no. I want to. I want to answer that with a question. I want to ask you, as a parent of, t- of two now, what do you feel about the participation trophy? <laughs> 
Did you, I mean, did you take it and throw it in old. the trash? That's you, that, yeah. He actually likes playing with I would have. T- I would have given him a harsh lesson, I would have said, <laughs> unless you hit the game, uh, unless you won. I mean, they're game. three years old, so there are no games. There's just like they basically take turns hitting the ball and like throwing the ball to each other. But we kind of learned he's not really – he's more into art than us. Uh, than sports which is fine okay so that's, get that's him at fine a, man yeah get him out of sports yeah maybe he's got a maybe he's got a fe- maybe he's got a future in the uh liberal arts uh. yeah he's he's a pretty good artist i'll show you guys some of his paintings sometimes <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right let's get the twitter right, questions the, yeah, yeah. this podcast this is why everybody listens to, yeah. <laughs> um so mike asks is this the lineup we are stuck with or or will there be even one acquisition made in the transfer window I think we'll get one, maybe. <laughs> they're, well, they're sniffing around with yeah, the sniffing. with the number ten. They had that that guy Aguilar here, who Jim said they were not was not a fit for the team. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know what was coming out of Costa Rica, whether you believe it or not, and some of the stuff that I had heard was that um, there was a difference over whether they wanted a loan or a full transfer. Yeah. But and they were supposed to have some other dude, some other young Costa Rican kid in, but I, he wasn't at training. Yeah. The other day, so I don't know. I think they know that they need a 10. Whether or not they're able to find the right fit in a transfer window is another story. Well, here's the thing. Whether Let me ask you this. If if Roland and El Senior are lights out for the rest of the year, does that change your mind about having to improve that position? Yeah. No, I mean, I think El Senior playing there pretty well at times shows that it's not as, like, desperate of a need. Because before, when it was, like, pretty much just Alberg, then it was like, shit, like, they're in trouble because he gets hurt sometimes and he's really inconsistent but they have yeah they have El Senior and Albert it's not like great but it's also not like as dire maybe and plus like Najem is looking pretty good coming yeah. through the pipe so I still think it's a position of need but uh I think they might be picky and kind of wait for the perfect guy to be honest um let's see here uh Stefan says do you think Roland will be moved in the window to make way for a 10 that's interesting. I never thought about that. They, they don't. They don't often. They don't trade guys much. Who, who, who would, yeah, who, would they, yeah. who would want to trade for Roland Tran- or transfer him yeah. back to the Netherlands? Yeah, the only guys who ever get transferred are guys who like demand to leave or like. And then it's usually a mutual termination. Hated. Yeah, like yeah. Reese Maboli was like he hated it here. Jim hated him. Uh, Carlos Ruiz <laughs> was like the, the, the fuck hated out of here, here. <laughs> and they so, hated him. Yeah. They don't usually, yeah, they don't. Yeah. yeah. I guess they do trade guys sometimes, obviously, but not as much. Um, Dean Moriarty, if the union sell, sell Blake, do they give the job to uh, John McCarthy or bring in a more established guy for the job? That's a good question. I think McCarthy could, yeah, uh, he's probably more ideal as a backup. Here's the thing though. Would you rather have, here's the way to look at it. Would you rather have Andre Blake and Jay Simpson, or would you rather have John McCarthy and a, mil- a million dollar striker? <laughs> I don't know. Jay Simpson looked pretty good last night. No, it's not to take any, you know. He, he he's just ha- he just hasn't. He had a rough uh, first touch there in that game, when and they're not again, they're, not, they're not playing in a system that suits him, and he's coming off the bench, you know. Yeah, and you never know what would have happened if he didn't have that lung uh, lung bruise, you know. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Catalano is it time to take Pontius out of the lineup? Not sure what he's giving them. Start yeah. Alberg at the ten and move over El Senio and start Herber as well. Pontius going to the Gold Cup. He he's been playing well. He is, he's I guess he's not been as good as he was last season. But I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't take just, him out. Yeah, uh, he has to have a he has to have a goal or an assist in seven games. He's been coming around on sixty something minutes. I mean, they like what he does in that two way role in front of the right back, but it's not as necessary because Ray is a better defender than Keegan. Yeah. So uh, 
you know, and even when Ilsenio was playing on the right side, it wasn't like he was neglecting his defensive duties, you know. So I, I would, I'd be interested in seeing that. Yeah, Alberg playing at the ten, Ilsenio on the right, Pico on the left, and Sapong up top. Because yeah. I mean, Chris just hasn't been contributing what he what he did last year, you know. Yeah. Um, Noah asked, would Gooch qualify for comeback player of the year in MLS? If so, there's no competition. He has it in a landslide. We got to figure that out. Yeah, I don't know what the I'll talk to some of my are. MLS people and find out the I mean, exact... Who the hell else I don't think anyone... Ha- I don't think there are any be. parameters. Did Ico Parra, was he injured for part of last year? Yeah. And Connor Casey won it one year, right? For Or he came in second, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, if, if Ico Parra was injured for part of last year, I don't remember how much of last year he played, but he would probably be number one because he's been the best center back. In the I think we should game. decide right here that Gooch can win it and he will win it. That's it. <laughs> End of discussion. The end. Thanks for listening. Uh, Dan Mench, in addition to attend, do the union need a uh, right back? Are our Gaddis and Rosenberry serviceable enough? Well, Jim says right back is their uh, best position because they have two starters there. So, uh, yeah, Ray's been pretty good, I think. And last night he was good in a couple of weird situations where he had some early shield attempts to kind of keep the ball out and, and some tricky matchups in the corner there. I mean, that was his kind of game, you yeah. know, where they weren't going to have a ton of possession. He didn't need to get forward. I mean, he just had to be a 1v1 guy. And you know me, I'm a big Keegan guy. I think he should be starting, but he's had two chances now in the Open Cup, and he hasn't been great in either of those games. So I mean, it's hard. It's it's hard with Keegan at this point because he's not. He's getting his chances. He's not really taking them well. But at the same time, is it is he not playing well because he's not a, a regular starter, and it's just hard for him to to kind of come into these games, or is he just lost it? Is, yeah, it's very year, it's, it's very know. circular now, isn't yeah. it? It's like the dog chasing its own tail. Yeah. I don't I don't know what uh, what you what you could even base it on at this point. But I did see Keegan giving Andre Blake a, a haircut the other day, so he's still got his barber skills. Yeah, well, maybe you just have to do things outside of soccer to uh, to get <laughs> focused. So maybe you got to go watch the centipedes <laughs> and the planets play at uh, the Fairmount. Uh, I think I think that's the key. Fairmount, whatever. Taney, come on, not Fairmount. Taney, sorry. Uh, but it's Jack- in a Fairmount neighborhood, isn't it? No, it's oh. uh, it's it's like by the Schuylkill River there. That's where no. we played. Yeah, oh, close enough. Yeah, uh, Ch- Chester, Philadelphia. Uh, Jared, Re- <laughs> uh, Jared Remster. Is there anyone you wouldn't want to grab by the throat uh, more than Gooch? The answer is no. Especially on the Union. It, if you made a list, I wrote about this. If you made a list of people to uh, grab by the throat, I mean, Gooch would be the last person by. By like a mile. What, read the question again. Is there anyone you wouldn't want to grab by the throat uh, more than Gooch? No, uh, he's, he's no. menacing. There's like a seven foot goalkeeper who played in Belgium. <laughs> a I said ago. who who would be first on the list, and it'll probably be uh, Omre Gaddis. I would go after Lucho. I would feel comfortable he, grabbing he Luci- Luciano Costa by the throat because okay. he's only five foot three. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another Gooch one. Philly Sports Rumors. How, mu- how much money would it take for you to uh, grab Gooch by the uh, neck just to see what happens? <laughs> it would be kind of weird in like a locker room setting if you're asking him a question and just grab him by the <laughs> neck when you don't like it. Now you listen here. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Corinne Murray, I think it was, had an interesting uh, response to the uh, poll that I put out. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. Um, she, I asked if you would... Uh, <laughs> would you... Uh, Grab Anyebu by the throat. The answers were no and hell no. And <laughs> like she that. she said something to you, to the effect of, uh, "I would do it if we were in alone." And he liked it. <laughs> Whoa! There we go. Uh, Brett, I'm gonna judge. 
uh, Brett Krasnoff, and he's scattering reports. I thought it was funny. On this uh, Jake McGuire kid who may be needed if McCarthy's back acts up. Here's my report. He played at Tulsa. He was in the uh, video <laughs> of, of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air parody. And he has very nice hair, which I noticed while he was warming up last night. Do you have anything to add on that? I don't. I think you covered it. Right there. <laughs> okay. yeah. uh, what else do we got on here? Uh, Dan, I, Man- I get like all these like mixed up because I think you get some responses. Yeah, I'm starting from I'm things. starting from the bottom. I feel like we need a better system. We and need then like my an- phone gives me this like show more. I think we need like an intern or a producer in here to help us with this. Maybe Baxter. Yeah, he's, he's useless. <laughs> uh, of course, he's left the room now. Uh, Dan Mensch, does Fafa need new shin guards? He seems to be. I'm adjusting them after every third touch of the ball. LOL. I don't know, but they're really small, aren't they? Yeah. He could go in that uh, that team with like Chris Korb and uh, <laughs> Andrew Farrell, who basically wear no shin guards. Christian Maidana was the same. Yeah. Like, he had the little yeah. one. Yeah. I actually just wrote a uh, 10 things about Fafa for MLSsoccer.com, which uh, should be coming out at some point. But I didn't ask about the shin guards. But I did find out he's very good at uh, FIFA. He beats everyone on the team <laughs> in video games, and he speaks... Uh, Eight languages, or maybe seven languages. Oh, really? Which is pretty good. So yeah, yo hablo uno, uno language. Um, let me see. Oh, uh, Tyler says, isn't playing and developing the kids easier if you have a couple of stars and don't have to have all eleven play perfect to win? <laughs> yeah, which is basically what you could say about the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, which is why they signed JJ Redick in free agency because you can't just roll out a bunch of twenty two, twenty one year olds, you know. Yeah. Uh, more questions on the right back, which we talked about on signing a 10, which we talked about. Craig says, what's the plan with uh, Gooch and Gaddis, who've been good for the back line, but they're not the future? I mean, yeah, Gooch could still play another year or two. Gaddis is an old. He could still play. So, I mean, I, but it's a fair point. I mean, it's like... What, he... But Jim doesn't... Th- we asked Jim like about this once. He doesn't really think about the future in soccer, but his coaches are on such like short like leashes now that he could be fired if he's... like just giving these kids like a chance like he could be fired like next week and well, that's more then the that's that's more on, on him with the relationship he has with ernie stewart and whether they value year three and four of a five-year yeah. plan versus year two because ernie also has to understand that that's not the gooch is not the future here as well as he's playing i mean so do you pull like a uh let me try to think of an example um Okay, yeah, you know, like the Eagles drafted Carson Wentz, but they knew he was going to be the future, so do you sit him on his ass for the first year, or do you just get rid of Sam right. Bradford now? Yeah. You know what I mean? I know you can't do that with the with the union, that's but that's... the problem just, with the union. They haven't, like, developed guys well, and that's why I'm kind of skeptical about, like, Jack Elliott, because he's been good this year, but what happens if he takes a step back next year? Are they going to, like, just plug in someone else? Or right. It's just like... Phil says, does Jim Curtin have an attacking plan for the union? <laughs> No, he has no plan. <laughs> he, uh, you know, they want CJ to hold the ball up. They want the wingers to be able to run off of him. You know, they want to create turnovers and and with with superior numbers. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's not like coaches coaches don't say like, all right, we're going to try to kick the ball here and then kick the ball there or whatever. It's just that they they, you know, he's a defensive minded coach, and that's always been the the priority. Yeah. You know, he follows that up by saying, does Curtin understand squad rotation? Yeah, he does, but he Jim, hates that term. Jim hates the term. Don't he said it in, in the him. past that he doesn't feel like he said he, you know, like you do squad rotation if you're, uh, you know, 
Atletico Madrid or something, and you have like 22 players yeah. who can. Alex Armstrong wants to know: Is it time to let Jay Simpson start? <laughs> CJ Sapong's scoring drought is real. Well, Sapong did just score last week, although it was a PK, and Jay Simpson does not look good in the chances he's gotten. So, I think few people would want to see Jay Simpson start right now, but um, I guess he's one of them. What do you think about Jay? Um. <laughs> I, again, I just don't think this was. A, I just don't think he was a good fit for the system from the yeah. from the start. I think they felt like they had to do something in that department in the off season. That was the best they could do, and then they got stuck with a guy who's not better than the current guy that you have on the roster. Yeah. Um, EJ says, when you have a chance to ask Jim Curtin about Sapong's goalless streak in person, can you wear a Mario Balotelli "Why Always Me" T-shirt? Nice. Yeah, well, I'll have to give those duties to somebody. Yeah, you can ask the next <laughs> that question. Yeah. Uh, some more CJ questions. What does he have to do to get a, a, a U.S. call-up? Um, yeah, he's. I guess he has a chance to be called in the uh, Gold Cup between the the knockout rounds and the uh, between the uh, group stage and the knockout rounds, but I don't see why he yeah. would do that. Unless, yeah. yeah. Pony's being called up... Um, I mean, it just – I know Bruce Arena was high on him because he was interested in getting him out to L.A. when he came to Philly instead. They were, yeah. the, they were the number two suitor for him, I think, or they could have been number one, I, you know, but Chris – Pani's going to play much in the Gold Cup, you think? Or no. He, he's he's no. kind of just there. He's kind of just there because Veteran you leadership. Have, well, I mean – Good you, locker room uh, guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, whatever. I mean, hey, he, he, he might end up back here, bef- you know – after the group stage, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So Union Hulk says, um, nice. are the Philadelphia Union signing anyone other than uh, Expletive McButthole? Oh, he's good. From the fifth, to, yeah, from the fifth division Chilean. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me try to get uh, let me try to get through it. Are Is it actually <clears throat> Expletive? You can curse, can't you? Yeah, but I, I don't want to give Hulk his moment here. You know, I'm, are Philadelphia Union signing anybody other than F McButthole? <laughs> You can't even say the question. I don't even see it. It just makes me laugh. Um, somebody McButthole from the fifth division. Too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to answer Hulk's question with a question for him. What is your obsession with buttholes? Because that's the second oh, time man. in two weeks that you've mentioned a player's last name as being something with butthole. I'll be honest. It's a Jimmy, pretty... Jimmy McButthole or whatever that was. It's, last it's a pretty funny word. My uh, three-year-old loves to say butt. Like, he'll, but. he'll just insert butt into like anyone's name. And so Union Hulk, you uh, you can direct message me and you can explain what your your uh, butthole um, I like in, it. interest is there. And then I'll answer It'll help my question. three-year-old. But... Yeah, listen to the podcast more. What else have we got in here? We're falling. On, we're falling uh, apart a little bit. Uh, Jim Prestafilippo uh, has Bobby finally lost his spot to uh, to um, Gilly and yeah. improvement on Jones' growing pains with midfield defensive rotations. Uh, yeah, why yeah. not? Him's the starter now. Yeah. yeah, how about that? Gilly, and he's played. Gilly. He's played pretty well. You know. Yeah, he hasn't tried to do too much. You know, he's just tried to lock it down defensively. And I think in a lot of those one v one situations that he's found himself in, he's held up pretty well. Yeah. Um, and he can get forward too. You know. Yeah. But I mean he's not, you know, again, that's 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 an example of if they can do that with left back right now. So you see here's the thing, here's the difference between Keegan and Fabinho and Gucci and all this stuff. When they made the switches to the back line, they changed 3 out of the 4, right? The only guy that they didn't change was Fabinho, right? Yeah. But then they come back, you know, about a month, a month and a half later, Fabinho who had been in those teams that were part of the four-game winning streak and they made the change there and gave one out on the starting job. So what's to say they they've proved they've proven that in one position they're willing to make that that swap for the future. So do they just think that 
they could afford it there and they yeah. can't afford to make the changes at center back again. I, I, I'm interested in what the internal thinking is with, with why not them getting the promotion versus these other guys sort of being stuck yeah. where they are, you know? Well, speaking of which, uh, Richard McGovern asked, do the recent contributions of uh, Gilly and Alberg indicate that all of the team's international should be um, Dutch, except for Andre Blake? So, yeah, I think everyone should be Dutch. But we don't need that guy. <laughs> Well, Ernie's, you know, Ernie's, <laughs> Ernie's signings now, I think we're looking at him and saying, okay, it's not as bleak as what we thought it was originally, you know, because we thought yeah. there were a bunch of duds in there. Yeah. Um, all did right, he mention, yeah. he follow up with some kind of Adam Maher thing? Yeah, he so, did. Oh, yeah. Well, I would, yeah, we'll do another. Uh, God, we have so many questions. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to get through all these. Is uh, uh, PSA, is is uh, Marcus Epps actually good, or does he just look good as a fast guy coming coming in late into matches versus uh, fatigued opponents? That's a good question. He does, he did, he did add a lot when he came in with Auburn yesterday, Marcus yeah. Epps, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I like him. I think the weird thing about Marcus is that I think when Fabian Herbers comes back, I think his lim- his minutes are going to be gone. Yeah. You know, because he won't be a, off the bench before Fabian is. You're going to have that number 10 sub, and then you're going to have – Herbers for Pontius probably, and then you're gonna have Simpson. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, should we wrap it up? I, I think yeah. I got through most of the questions. Uh, thanks you know, so much for, thanks for sending. We had a ton of questions. I think we need some kind of system or a Baxter to uh, help us with these questions in the yeah, future. He's been and, useless uh, lately. He's been. He won't. He, he. I think he just went down and ate his breakfast right now yeah. at one in the afternoon. He's been like freaked out because of the fireworks. You know. Yeah. Does your dog get like that? Nah, like the loud she noises and stuff. Yeah, she, okay. she, she's actually pretty good with that, thankfully. Yeah, yeah he uh, late, when he hears like a firework or like a bang or something, he's like scrambles down the stairs like a bat out of hell, and he just mm. starts like shaking. So I got to like wrap him. In, I wrapped him in like a sweatshirt or something. Speaking but, of uh, fireworks, are you excited about the uh, the uh, big tournament coming up, the Gold Cup? Uh, not really. <laughs> no, not really. No fireworks for you? No, I just I get bored with the Gold Cup every okay. year because it's just it's not. And Mexico is, you know, coming off the Confederations Cup, and they had like fifteen squads going on at once. They have some injuries. I don't know who's yeah. what. I, I the gold cup. The thing that's inter- I'll tell you what I'm interested in the gold cup. Seeing some of these fringe guys finally get a chance. Yeah. You know, um, and seeing what Bedoya's role is going to be. You know, is he going to be a starter on this team, or is he going to be a? You know, is, is his role with the national team now is coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested in seeing Dwyer. I think I still think CJ could have got a run, run with the Gold Cup team. Yeah. Uh, I'm more interested to watch individual players than caring about um, what the actual yeah. what they. What and they it'll be do. cool to yeah. see Andre Blake too. Because uh, two years ago, Jamaica actually made it to the uh, finals, but Blake was dealing with the injuries, and mm-hmm. he was like the third string behind a couple of guys who uh, who actually yeah. weren't even that good. Right, so, they like, had like the guy from the Pittsburgh yeah, Riverhounds, like, Brian Thompson. Or yeah. yeah, so yeah. it'll be nice to see Blake starting and see if. He, can get uh, Jamaica like on another deep run there. So, so listen, uh, Dave and I are eternally grateful to everybody who donated yes. to the um, to the fundraiser. I mean, we crushed the goal within twelve hours. That's crazy. So I just moved the number a little bit, and um, you know the 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 amount of of uh, contribution we got, which was amazing. So thank you everybody uh, for donating to that. The new equipment isn't here yet. I, I put all the orders in a couple of days ago. So we got basically what we got was the new. Uh, audio interface that'll let me hook up uh, four microphones at the same time so I can have Dave and Matt and whoever in here at the same time and we can you know beef it up that way um, 
We have uh, new microphones to go along with that. We also got the the upgraded SoundCloud subscription. A lot of people went through already and listened to a lot of the back episodes that we we put up. I put all the old episodes up, and some of them had like 100, 200 listens already. So if you went back and listened to the episode episode three from uh, August of 2016, thanks. That's cool. Um, we also, but got, also that's kind of weird if you're listening to a soccer episode. For it might have just been. I think George was probably listening to the one that he did, probably looking for clips of, uh, oh, yeah. you know, for a resume or something. But no, and we we have advanced statistics and stuff too. I'll I share those with you on a at a, on another podcast or something since this one's running long. But um, one of the things that I found was interesting. It looks like most people are listening to the podcast through uh, iTunes on their phone, um, because that's what it, it we can track. Uh, what medium they're getting it through and on what platform. That's how I didn't listen to my podcast. Yeah, and that's number one was was, uh, was iTunes through an iPhone. You know, some people who still listen to it straight on the uh, this this straight through the Sound SoundCloud, whatever. But um, obviously, Philly's number one. Uh, there's a, we have a lot of listeners um, in Montgomery County too. And they, as far as countries, there's a bunch of people in like Chile and Japan who are listening to the podcast. Seriously? Apparently, yeah, it might be uh, Dan. Um, Dan Orlo, Orlowitz, uh, sorry, Dan, I, I don't know if I said your last name right, Orlowitz, Orlowitz, um, who does the, tra- who translated the Sons of Ben movie, I think they have some, he's out in Japan right now, so maybe there's, maybe that's the, okay. the crew that's listening wow. to, but, but Japan popped up there, has had knew? like 70 listeners or something, so, um, but again, we're eternally grateful for all of that, and uh, I emailed everybody who contributed, and I'm going to go through the um, memorabilia box and start scraping that stuff together, and hopefully get that stuff out in the mail. But yeah, again, uh, looking forward to getting all that new stuff in here and um, m- more than any kind of money or equipment or anything like that. Just the feedback we got from everybody who said they enjoyed listening to the podcast. It's good enough for me. So uh, we'll go ahead and get all that stuff um, wrapped up and uh, keep doing them. Try to do them once a week now. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Like we have some like that big ideas planned. I think we'll try to make it like better. Well, weird. I think uh, the next one's episode. Don't know what we were doing at first, but I think like, yeah, yeah the, just like over time, we'll get better and we'll do some cool things. We'll like get a Facebook page, maybe. To... Yeah, we were, that was another thing we were thinking. Um, was trying to aggregate all of the content that all the writers do because I think we're all just sort of floating around on our own Twitter pages yeah. and and stuff like that. It'd be nice if there was more of a <clears throat> central location because actually, you know, it's funny if you if you look at the studies now, the majority of people in the United States get their news from Facebook, Facebook still. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I share, like, if you're friends with me on Facebook, I put all my stuff up on there, but... Um, I don't you know, do that on my Facebook. My yeah, friends yeah. do not care about soccer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I might have lost lost some people that I don't even don't even realize, but... Yeah. Uh, so I, it I makes sense to kind of... Yeah, it makes sense to kind of look look at that. I didn't even really think about it, but... Um, but, yeah, no, thanks yeah, again, we'll everybody, for the, for the support, and uh, I think the next one coming up is episode 25, right? So maybe we'll come up with some special... Uh, something for, something other if you're into those uh, symbolic... Number, <laughs> number 25 whatnot. anyway i'm gonna get baxter to try to eat his breakfast um episode 24 it's always soccer in philadelphia for kevin kincaid i am enough oh, for dude <laughs> <laughs> we're running on an hour I here dude, man. Man. i'm like on fumes i am dude. so man. tired god Ugh. yeah i reffed a bunch of uh brazilian futsal last night i'm like fried dude yeah uh, they didn't i'll just i'll tell you this much they didn't agree with a lot of the calls okay. but it don't matter it's what happens because i'm the ref well, For Dave Zeitlin. I am Kevin Kincaid. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> Later. Bye. Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> <laughs>